right, welcome everyone to episode eight of the uh, Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass Live podcast. And uh, Wes, uh, it's going to be a fun show that we've got planned here for everyone. I'm Josh Chastain. I'm in Richmond. Uh, Wes Lena, my co-host, he's over in Campbellsville. Uh, Wes, it's been a fun, fun weekend of racing that we just uh, just wrapped up. Another fun weekend to come. A lot of things to talk about on this night on on tonight's show. Uh, I'm I'm ready for episode number eight. Yes, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to to another night uh, on our podcast here, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. So let's get started, buddy. Yeah, yeah, we we really do, and I do want to mention real quick before we get started, if everyone wouldn't mind that's uh, watching along here with us, we've got quite a few people on already. We've talked to a lot of people at the racetrack who said they've been following along with the podcast, and some even listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts later on. We're trying to get our live viewership up, so if you don't care, uh, share this out to your friends and family. Let them know about the podcast. We'd, we'd love to get some more people on here, and as we're talking about some different topics tonight, feel free to comment and uh join in with us we we like seeing everybody's comments and uh I always always look forward to that wes i really uh you know I, I hate to start off any any show you know like this and and um well this isn't something any of us want to be talking about um uh, unfortunately i personally never had the pleasure of meeting uh, national dirt late model hall of famer rick eshelman i, I know you did but man, I, I got to tell you, just listening to him call races, seeing him around, the joy and happiness about life that he seemed to display. And when I got the news uh, about Rick and, and what had happened, um, the, the first thing that come to my mind, man, is just uh, you just never know. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, you, you never know what what somebody's going through um on the outside they look like everything's great and then on the inside they they've got issues and, and things going on and you just never know what what people are going through in their day-to-day -day life yeah and it's just one of those things man like you know for most for all of us you know racing's kind of a i guess you might say a tough guy sport right you know what i'm saying um yeah. but I think we just we've got to be conscientious, I guess, you know, of what other people are, are going through. And and just, you know, I think I take away from this from a personal standpoint. It's just so sad to see. It's it's a sad reality. You know, it, it's the it's the elephant in the room when it comes to suicide. And uh, I just think that we've got to be aware that everybody's at going through something or at some point we're going to. And, and, and I just think we've got to be courteous of the people we have around us all the time. Um, because it's, it's, just, it's, it's so sad. You never know what people are going through and my thoughts and prayers with the family and friends of Rick Eshelman, such a great career, wonderful guy. You know, you only heard good things about the man. And uh, I, I know you had a personal experience yourself. Yeah, he uh, he was something for for the sport of of dirt racing. Um, he just had that always that that bubbly personality, uh, so friendly at the at the track and and his voice. Um, I mean, if you heard him talking 
a mile away, you would know, hey, that's Rick Eshelman. Just he had a distinctive uh, voice about him. Um, but yeah, on a on a personal note with him, um, really cool story. I'm going to tell right quick. Um, he uh, when when I decided that uh, I was going to propose to to uh, Sherry, I. I reached out to Casey Moses and world outlaws was coming to town at Smoky mountain speedway for a Tennessee tip off classic. And I had kind of coordinated it with her. And I said, listen, I, I want to propose to, to her sometime tonight. And she was like, yeah, that that's awesome. Uh, we definitely want that to happen. And, uh, she said, as soon as you get here, um, for the, for the race tonight, you know, find Rick and, uh, come up to the tower and, and you guys get everything situated. So, um, really cool. And, uh, at the, at the time I had, uh, Brad Lawson, which, you know, he, he, uh, one of my best friends and, and we, we were there at the track together and, and just a cool experience. Um, got there, got, got up to the tower, got everything lined up with Rick. And he said, you know, when we, uh, when we finish our, our heat races and um, I'll call you down um, right when we do the redraw. Well, I told Sherry, I said, uh, Brad's never never went down and, and watched the redraw before, which that was a lie. I mean, we had, <laughs> we had watched the redraws, you know, between, uh, and that means if, you know, they take the top two from each heat and, uh, and redraw them for their starting position in the feature. So, um, long story short, uh, that portion of the show, uh, um, was coming up and, uh, Rick said, uh, Hey, he said, uh, I'm looking for my good buddy Wes. We talked earlier today. And, uh, so I just grabbed Sherry by the hand and I take off walking that way. And he's like, uh, I, uh, I usually ask all the questions, but you know, tonight I, I hear that you have a question to ask and I dropped to one knee and in front of, I mean, just a huge crowd of, of people at the track and, and watching on dirt vision. And I proposed to her and she said, yes. And the rest is history. But Rick was always special. Um, during that uh, moment with us. And then every time we saw him, um, after that, you know, he would always shake my hand, give Sherry a big hug, and and kiss her on the cheek. And so, when we heard the news of this, I guess breaking news was Friday that he was missing, and then to get the final news Saturday, uh, her and I was just like the rest of the dirt racing community and the family. We were just crushed um, to hear the news. So, absolutely, thoughts and prayers to to his family and. Uh, and and all involved with racing because you know Rick Eshelman's a special person and and uh, so glad that he got inducted into into this year's 2022 Dirt Lake Model Hall of Fame because um, he definitely deserved it. So yeah, he he certainly did, and uh, and and you know now we're talking about this news just just a few months later. But you know, Wes, like I said, I mean, it's such a cool thing that you got to experience that with. You know, and, and Rick was able to be uh, to be a part of that. So, like I said, you've got a firsthand experience of just I think the person that uh, that that Rick was, and uh, 
you know, so it's it's just it's it's a terribly sad thing, and we've got some comments uh, coming in here on our Facebook page, and I do want to let you know if, if you're watching on the Facebook group and not our Facebook page, it doesn't come across to us here on our on our platform who you are. So I'm kind of trying to look on the on the app on my phone as I'm doing this, but um, uh, and let's see, caution says uh, I got to work with him at Richmond. Seen him a lot around uh, a lot of tracks. Been friends with him and Melissa. Carmichael for uh, six years or longer. Uh, rest in peace, Rick. So, you know, so many people around the racing community. Obviously, um, he was, you know, well known around the sport, and and so many people knew him and were touched by him. And uh, you know, so it's just just a just a very uh, very very sad sad deal. And, and a lot of people are going to miss uh, miss seeing Rick around the around the racetrack uh, for sure. Someone else says so sad. He was great at what he did. And, and that's the thing, um, Wes. I mean, he's he's one of those uh, absolute. I mean, certainly there's no question about it. He's on the Mount Rushmore of, of dirt racing announcers, man. And, um, you know, just hearing him call those races, uh, we're all going to miss that. He's not one of those guys that you replace, you know. Yeah, he's he's one that's definitely uh, irreplaceable, and uh, and it's it's a huge huge loss for for the sport of dirt racing in general, and then it's tough on World of Outlaws and the World Racing Group, and he just did so much. I, I mean, just he he's a staple in the sport, and he will he will truly be missed. Yeah, he he really will, and I guess just to you know wrap up our thoughts on this, and uh, you know Tyler Tyler Kelly said, everyone got to know they can talk to someone, even a stranger. Uh, there, there's always someone to talk to, and everyone should remember that. And I I definitely uh, I agree with you, Tyler. I, I think that's true, and uh, I think that's something we got to remember, and we we got to be a friend to our friends, and you know drivers and. And people, crews, people around the sport, you know, maybe competitors on the racetrack, but but life's a lot much bigger. I think things like this show us that than, than what's going on uh, around the racetrack. And so, like I said, our thoughts and prayers to uh, go out to Rick and his family and and, and every friends and everyone there. And we, uh, Wes, it's hard to hard to move forward. You know, really, I think when it comes down to it, uh, on on with our show from something like that and. Uh, uh, like I said, so sad, but, uh, you know, moving, moving on, uh, with, the with the show here tonight as best we can, um, you know, big weekend, you, you just, uh, this past weekend with the fall classic weekend there at Ponderosa Speedway, uh, awesome racing each night. Uh, of course, uh, Tanner English brought home the win on Friday night for the super late models. And then, uh, I think Mike Marler was bound and determined on Saturday night. You said uh, to uh, to claim the claim the big one after he got beat on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was there both both Friday night and Saturday night. Uh, had a blast. Um, hats off to uh, Ponderosa Speedway, um, the uh, Ironman Late Model Modified Series. Uh, those guys did an excellent job. Um, Brandon Hargrove and, and his staff, uh, as well as, well as uh, Larry Yance, um, Brian Abner, uh, Chris Tilly, Spanky, everybody involved. Uh, wonderful weekend, but uh, yeah, Tanner, Tanner, come come ready to go Friday, and uh, he was bound and determined to win 
that race on Friday night, and he did. Uh, looked really good again on Saturday, but Mikey Marler was on a mission, and uh, he uh, he wanted it just a little bit more than everybody else and uh, got the victory on Saturday. So, yes, uh, Fall Classic, one of, one of my favorite uh, weekends of racing. Um, at Ponderosa Speedway, and uh, another one in the books, and another another great weekend. Well, it was man, and I, you know, I mean, great racing in each class, and uh, and a very successful event there for them. But I want to talk about something else related to the weekend that I was very happy about. I've talked to several people, and they were very happy about. You know, you hear people talk a lot, and they talk about how you can't have six classes on a big night. You can't do this. You can't do that. But what was amazing to me about the weekend, and I thought it was just an awesome job by everyone at Ponderosa Speedway, both nights, 130 plus cars, six classes, and both nights, it's getting colder weather. They were done by midnight. Six classes, 130 cars done by midnight. Just awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Um, they moved the program along. Um, and and something, you know, you and I had talked about it and we're going to touch on tonight um, was was the format with that amount of cars and in those classes, you know, locking eight, ten cars in through their qualifying sessions. Um, and, and we're just kind of wondering, you know, what what does the fans, what does the drivers, what what's their takes on it? We know kind of our opinions on that, and, and we're going to get to that uh, in this program tonight. But they did an excellent job. Um, and, and cars everywhere. It's the first time I had ever been to Ponderosa Speedway that I saw them have to park haulers over in the scrapyard section. So that was really cool um, to see that. Uh, great car counts in, in all classes. Uh, and like I said, just a really good weekend of racing. Yeah, it was. And and you're right. You bring up a, you bring up a topic there. I, I've said this before, but I got to tell you, I really enjoy these, uh, these uh, polls that I've been doing on the, on the group. And uh, a lot of people seem to respond to them, kind of get an idea of what fans are thinking, who their picks to win are, all that kind of stuff. So it's been fun. So I decided to do one last week. It got the most attention any of our any of our polls have ever gotten, and that was what time will Scott Bloomquist show? I don't want to mention this before we move on. We're going to get to what you were talking about in a minute, but I almost forgot about this. When would Scott Bloomquist show up at the racetrack, West? Scott Bloomquist hasn't been on time to a racetrack in two years. You said he'd be three hours early mm-hmm. to Ponderosa on Friday night. I said he. I said he would get there at time for hot laps, and somehow you got that right. I just got one question for you. There is no way you could possibly guess that. Like, is there an interconnection to the aliens? I mean, what what is it that's going on there? Because at this point in our challenge, I'm going to owe you a steak dinner, and I just want to know how you got that right. Listen, I, I told you, and everybody laughed at me, made fun of me. I knew. I knew Scott was going to make it on time. It, it The aliens were ready. I called him and talked to him on his way back from Tyler County. I said, listen, <laughs> I said, I got a steak dinner on the line. I need yeah. you to show up three hours early. And okay. 
he promised me he'd be there and he came through even though the t-shirt the t-shirt hauler still beat him but hey i picked it right so yeah so basically what you're saying is when we say worldwide west like it's literally worldwide west and it goes even outside this this uh you know in, into the universe and you know into into space and aliens and everything else maybe we should just call, start calling you like milky way west or something like that I'll, I'll just keep worldwide west i think it's got a good ring to it but uh um kind of kind of jumping around it was just good to see scott there um kind of kind of had some issues uh mechanical issues friday and struggled but uh saturday uh looked pretty good and i mean i i I'm a Blunquist fan, have been since day one, and uh, I don't know. Scott's just uh, Scott's one of a kind, and uh, I thought that was a, a funny little, funny little poll and question, and uh, we had fun with that with our with our fans, uh, kind of giving well, their two cents, and and I knew it would be a great topic. Well, it was fun, and it's funny because. Everything we've done, pick the winner, some really good topics that we've had on there. And like I said, I mean, that topic about Scott Bloomquist got more comments by far than any other topic that we've ever done, which brings up another good point, and that is Scott Bloomquist has always been the guy. Like, I'm not a Scott Bloomquist. I know you said you are. I'm not a Scott Bloomquist fan, never have been. I've been one of the booers. But it was funny going back, you're thinking about that. Scott, let's be honest, I mean – kind of sort of seems like he's getting toward the end of his career. And there's some kind of phenomenon, it seems like, with drivers who are sort of that guy, you know, in NASCAR, it was always Jeff Gordon, like you either loved him or you hated him. Same thing with Dale Sr. Of course, with him, unfortunately, it came to an early end. We sort of never got to that point. But it seems like as drivers get to the end, toward the end of their career, there's less hate. You know what I mean? Like with Scott – there's always a reaction. It's like booze and cheers. So do you think there's going to be a point, even with Scott Bloomquist, the guy that's had, that, that gets the most uh, reaction from is, if, than anyone from fans? Is there, is there a point in his career where everybody's just sort of like, you know, I don't know if it's sort of, if it's a nostalgia kind of thing or it's just, is it, feeling sorry is it what is it but that people kind of want to see him win and do good and they'll become more cheers than booze well that's that's kind of if you uh look back at when we were at the world 100 and for him to transfer through that be main and make the show and during driver introduction i don't think i heard a boo at all when they give his name and starting position and I thought that was really cool because I have been up there uh, on occasions, and you not you not hear very many cheers. Uh, it was it was more booze, kind of like the um, kind of like the response Davenport got. It wasn't very many clapping and cheers. They was they booed him big time, and that was a that was kind of a a, a Bloomquist moment uh, for Davenport. Um, but I mean, you say what you say, love him or hate him. Uh, Scott Blumquist has, uh, has done a whole lot, uh, for this sport. I call him the goat. 
Um, I know some can say Billy Moyer Sr. is, but I, I've been a Blomquist fan from day one uh, in 2005 when I, you know, first began watching dirt racing. And uh, there's always there's always drama with Blomquist. Uh, we could we could write a book, and I know he has, and I'm looking forward to to reading that book. But I don't know. It's a uh, it's nostalgia for sure with with Scott Blomquist, and it always will be. Well, it is true, and uh, Robbie Merchant says there wasn't any ditches for him to get hung up in at Ponderosa, <laughs> like at the Hillbilly. Part of the reason he made it on time to uh, Ponderosa yeah. on Friday night. I'll have to, I'll have to agree with you there, Robbie, uh, for sure. Um, Darren Allen says Scott has done a lot uh, for, in dirt racing. He's still able to travel the country and be competitive with the locals. I'll have to agree with that. I mean. Love him or hate him, uh, no no driver in history. I, I, I don't think that that can even be disputed. Maybe it can, uh, but but I don't think there's any driver in the country that has done more for our sport overall than than uh, Scott Bloomquist. Um, Wes, we were at the World 100, and and um, Jonathan Davenport got at least as many boos as cheers. So my question is, who's going to be the next? sort of driver to take that rein and 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 be that guy that that sort of i guess elicits those reactions from fans will it be jonathan davenport because one thing is for sure i have to agree with with that uh no one has done more for our sport i, I agree um he has uh he has definitely done a lot and when when he gets interviewed um i know that there is going to come a time that he's going to have to to hang it up and be finished racing, but he's got he, he still, you know, in his interviews tells whoever's interviewing him, "Don't count me out just yet. There's still there's still racing in me. I'm still wanting to to be on the track and compete and." That's what that's what makes me happy to hear him say that, and, and I know he's not in the best of health, um, and it's tough. I mean, I sat there and watched him this weekend. He's not really got a whole lot of crew guys, um, and that that's tough because he is a little older and and he's having to do a lot of work on on the car as well. So, um, kind of different. Uh, I would love to see Tommy Hicks come back and be his crew chief. I don't know that that'll ever happen, but that would be really cool to see them come back and make one more ride. Um, but love Scott Bloomquist. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with everything except love Scott Bloomquist. Uh, but Madison, <laughs> Madison, I'm just being honest. I'm I still, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of a hater. I'm just I'm just being honest. Well, with you that. you're entitled uh, Matt, to that. Yeah, Madison as I'm entitled Isaac's, to that state. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Madison Isaac said, "New era. Everyone is so equal. So much tougher than when he was in his prime." In my opinion, well, I mean, I think that's kind of, sort of true. Maybe although uh, Jonathan Davenport might have 
something to say about everyone being equal as it seems like he's dominated every crown jewel that's took place this year um but yeah kind of sort of in a way i guess i can see that uh, I, I don't think that has a lot to do with his his fall off though um but yeah i mean like i said i, I do enjoy seeing him I'm, I'm glad that he was able to come to ponderosa this weekend i think he's all like i said i mean he it's always a good thing for everybody when scott bloomquist shows up no one's done more for our sport so it was good to good to see him there this weekend west one other thing while we're on the topic about ponderosa this weekend i do want to talk about i put out a poll uh this week was not about scott bloomquist it was about something related to this weekend one reason i put it out is because i knew it would it would garner a lot of attention let's just say maybe some debate amongst fans and drivers and that was is there ever a time basically what i wonder is is there is there a time when it's like you know what maybe it's a good thing that heat races aren't in a part of the event um this weekend i know brandon hargrove's already said he's mentioned this several times he said it's not something we're going to do going forward but since cold weather is coming um a lot of cars expected they eliminated heat race for some of the divisions uh, there this weekend it resulted in everybody getting out of the racetrack earlier several people i talked to myself said they loved it was able you know they were able to stay and see all the classes and got out at a decent time even though there were so many cars and classes there this weekend most people seem to think no i don't want ever to not race a heat race most of those also seem to be drivers or many of those um quite a few people said yeah just run run heat run qualifying straight to features i'm fine with it and then there were also several said i don't care either way so um yeah but we talked about this a little bit before west but you know i lived in pineville for a couple of years and and tazewell speedway was sort of my home track while i was down there it was the closest one to me um when you get into tennessee and down in those southern parts for regular shows uh, that's that's really the norm. You they don't even start racing until dark. They qualify, they go straight to features. It's usually about a two and a half hour show total, and the stands are full. The hillside is packed, uh, even for for a regular show. Um, so, what what do you think? Please, if you're watching with us, let me let, please let us know. What do you think about this? Is it like no, always have to have heat races, or what do you think? And Wes, uh, tell me what what do you think about it? Well, it's it's one of those things that you kind of go back and forth on. Um, at times, I know when when cars are locked in, you know eight or 10 through qualifying and, and you just have last chance, like B main uh, races to set your, your field. So those top, top 10 qualifiers are in, you know, that's something that, that we've seen used at, at several tracks. And, and, and that, that was kind of, kind of format a little bit this weekend. Um, the way I look at it, sometimes that is good as far as, um, you know, fans are going to get to stay and watch all the classes and not have to feel like they have to leave a little early because 
Um, it is so late due to all the qualifying, the heat races, the B mains, if, if the amount of cars is there, and then the features. So, you know, it, it it's something that could be used at, at bigger shows when you are expecting a higher car count. But then on the other hand, I also have to look at it this way because I like to see it's I'm old school. I know um, I just like to see straight up, you know, this heat race. I mean, this hot lap, this qualify, this runner heats, heads up, this, this, you know, take three or four out of those heat races, run a B main or two, set your feature. But let so me let me just I, ask you this though, Wes. I mean, and I and again, you know, we're just we're just let's just be honest. We we don't control any of this, Wes. We're just having a conversation. Um, we're just talking heads, if you will. <laughs> okay, so we're not going to decide any of this one way or another. But you you said all, you what you were saying was you're old school. You've been in the, you've been into racing for years. You've been around forever. Heat racing is just sort of a part of it. It's ingrained in us It, you know, for old school people, it just has to be. But my thought is this, what, I mean, could it be possible that there are times where we just do things because it's the way we've always done it. And maybe it's not always best. And is yeah. it possible that heat racing all the time could be, one of those things. And, and yeah, I, I, that is a valid point. Um, especially uh, when you do have a, a huge car count in, in you know, several, several uh, classes also running that night. So that that is a possibility um, and, and where you could shorten your, your night by cutting those heat races out and well yeah and let me just say something else like because i've talked to a lot of drivers about this and i remember one night when i was driving i went to lake cumberland they ran many stocks that night they had a huge car count and we're expecting a huge car count and brandon hargrove told us from the beginning he said look guys i'll pay you you'll know, get i'll pay you back for it in the future but we're, we're just going to do qualifying straight to features for you all and he said, I apologize up front. I'm letting you know this up front. Um, but but you know, we're, we'll, get, we'll get you in heat races the next time. And I, my question to myself was, as a driver, I mean, this is just me. And, and I didn't drive for a long time. Didn't grow up driving. Haven't been driving forever. I'm like, man, my thought was, like, why are you apologizing? From a driver's standpoint, if I just have to go out and qualify, you're adding laps to my feature. That's less time for me on the track, less chance of getting something tore up. I just go straight from qualifying to the feature. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like, I don't see why he's, I don't see why he's apologizing. I liked it. It's the same amount of laps either way. It's a shorter overall show for everybody. And I just didn't think really there was a reason for him to, to apologize about that. I personally, as a driver, thought it was a good thing which which kind of makes me think about something else i've talked to a lot of drivers about this topic and they all want heat races one argument i've heard is the and, and look i drove a mini stock i drove a four-cylinder so like i know what it's like to be at the bottom of the totem pole okay so it's not like coming from somebody who doesn't doesn't understand that doesn't get that and that's you know drivers want heat races but my question for this sometimes like what what would you trade because drivers want heat races. It's like, 
that is non-negotiable. I want a heat race. But let me ask you this. What drivers also say in those sport division, uh, support divisions, they also say we'd like to see drive, uh, fans stick around and watch us race. Because what, what sort of sucked or didn't sort of suck, it sucked for us was that most of the time by the end of the night, a packed grandstands was usually empty. Like we were out there racing and no one was watching. And Wes, this is an entertainment business. That's what right. we do. Like right. it's entertainment. That's what we do it for. And and so my question is, what if on certain nights eliminating heat racing, or maybe say on a regular show night, eliminating heat races, shortening the show meant more fans in the grandstands overall and more fans left over at the end of the night who get to watch some great racing because it's earlier. And I can say this, a fan is much more likely to stick around and watch a feature in say super stocks. If it's nine 30, 10 o'clock than they are, if it's midnight when those races get started. Right. And something you and I've also talked about say on a night, if they, you know, they get there and they're talking in the driver's meeting. If they do cut out those heat races, adding five or 10 laps to that feature, if you're running, you know, 15 or 20 laps, make that feature, you know, 20, 25, maybe 30 laps and, and getting those laps in because anything can happen. I mean, you could get in lap traffic and, and gain some spots like that or, if the if the race does go green for that long length of time, um, and, and then make it make it better for the fans and the drivers. Yeah, and like I said, my thing is like I'm not saying take laps away. I'm not saying take track time away. But here's another thing. This is the way I looked at it as a driver in a five lap heat race. Like, let me ask you this, Wes, and everybody else comment well. Let us know what you think about this, but. When's the last time, like, we, we are like, man, we got to have heat races. We got to have it. When's the last time you saw a really good heat race? And the reason I say that is my standpoint on it from a driver is there's a lot less I can do in a five-lap heat race. Like, that's not a lot of laps. But if my feature all of a sudden goes from a 15-lap feature to a 20-lap feature, that's that's a good thing for me because a lot more can happen in that five in that five more laps in that 20 that now becomes a 20 lap feature a better show for the fans you get a chance for the drivers to get into lap traffic that always makes it better i just think like sometimes we gotta look at things outside the box and say why do we think that and right. What impact could this have if we looked at it the other way? Like, is it possible that it could be a good thing? Um, I just, you know, I, I think overall, and I'm not saying like our tracks do a very good job at moving the show along. Like they do. They, they're amazing. We've got the, I believe truly, I truly believe that every promoter we have right now is just awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like if you right. look back five years ago, where we were overall with all of our tracks, like we're in a really good place right now. We've got some great promoters. They do an awesome job moving the show along the best they can. But when you've got over a hundred cars, like it's going to take some time to get through all that. And sometimes yes. you're talking about two and a half hours. He racing, just he racing. 
And if the show was cut down, maybe we eliminated some of those things, more fans would come, possibly, and more fans would stick around through the show and get more of their money's worth. And also a possibility, um, you know, depending on the weather, you might have a better track for that feature by not burning through it in so many heat races. That's another point to look at. Yeah, very true. I mean, you're saving the track, you're saving track conditions, you're saving, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like I said, we're in the entertainment business. If tracks, you know, tracks need people in the stands. They need happy customers, happy fans. But let's just be honest, Wes. I've said this before. I'll say it again. It's just the way it is. Um, in fact, uh, Brad Ferguson, Brad and Christy Ferguson said he apologized. He's talking about me talking about the fact that, that, um, Brandon apologized to us for not running heat because drivers get mad. He, he apologized runs on first, the next race to make it fair for the sport classes. Our driver, our tracks, our promoters care about the sport. They care about what the drivers think. And I just got to tell you, I mean, the hardest thing, the toughest thing that track promoters face weekend week out as they plan these shows is not only do they have to please the fans, but you know what? They also have to please the drivers as well. And sometimes what the fans want isn't what the drivers want and vice versa. And it's just, it's, it's a really tough thing. And how do they find that middle ground to, to be able to please, please everyone. It's tough. It's a tough deal. It, It is. It is definitely a tough job on, on the track promoters, track owners, um, juggling all that they have to juggle uh, on that on that week in week out basis, and uh, you said it, making the making the fans happy as well as making the drivers happy because you got to have the drivers to have the show, and you got to have the fans in the stands to keep everything rolling. So, yeah, tough tough job for uh, for those track promoters, but. They do a good job, and we appreciate them. Yeah, you, you really do. I, I appreciate them, and I, I, like I said, I don't think that they could do a better job with what with what they do. Um, you know, for for sure, and uh, and and I think most people don't realize just how how tough of a job that uh, that they have. Let me just say this: Look, we talked about last podcast, I believe it was. We we did a profit loss statement for a racetrack. You know, we we did. And um, all, all I'm saying is more fans sticking around, more fans coming is good for everybody. It's good for the drivers because they got somebody to race for. It's yeah. good for promoters because they're going to make some money. And this is a tough deal. And and uh, and at the end of the day, to make it worth everything they go through, um, man, the, the, these these track promoters need to need to be making some money. And and uh, at the at the end of the deal, it, it just has to happen. And I think more so and and we need more fans in the stands and and at the end of the day that's that's what i would like to be see done is is what's going to provide more more people more people in the stands and more money for our racetracks to be able to continue to do what they do all right so i'm going to go ahead i'll move on from that that soapbox wes i'll I'll just get off of it (laughs) we'll just get off of it if you're listening and you want me to do that feel free to comment (laughs) (laughs) just tell me to shut up i'll be happy with i promise i won't hold it against you um so uh one other thing we wanted to talk about uh tonight though uh wes is 
we've got something that I believe is exciting because it'll help do what we were just talking about. Um, and, and that is, it's going to help our drivers. It's going to help our tracks. It's going to help fans. One of the things I've said over and over and over on our podcast is that we need to do things to bring a better connection to our drivers and fans, you know, like the reason we get in that we become fans, right? Like a fan is a fanatic fanatic of the sport is because you have a connection to the sport. And today I feel like overall, not just super late models, but on a local level, we need to do more to bring a connection between our drivers and fans. And so we, uh, we, we've started the uh, dirt race in the bluegrass region championships, uh, starting in, in 2023. And, uh, and, and, and I think it's an exciting thing because the whole purpose of it all is, is to do just that. I agree. I, I'm super excited about this, uh, about our, our, region championships and and those points battles uh that are going to take place um throughout 2023 and just just getting that that fan and driver involvement and and that's that's something that that we strive to do um it's kind of like one of the best nights uh for our local tracks are those fan appreciation nights where the fans get to come out and, uh, you know, talk to the drivers, see the cars, take pictures. That's just super. Uh, and, and I know it's one of the, one of the best nights for our, our local tracks, um, that we cover. And, uh, so anytime you can have that fan driver, uh, interaction, um, it's great. And that's something we're going to, we're going to do in 2023 and, and just the recognition too for um, the drivers with, with their information, their picture um, spotlighting their sponsors. Um, I just think it's going to be, it's going to be cool. And uh, we'll add each week to our, our weekly podcast um, and just make it that much better as well. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I agree. I think it's all about adding to, to, to what we're doing here. And my hope is that next year goes great and we can do even bigger and better things the, the following year. I really hope that we can get drivers involved in this and to, to, to take advantage of this, participate in this with us. Cause, um, you know, we're, we're doing it to, to, to help the sport, to help our drivers and, um, Wes, I mean, really, I think at the end of the day, like we, we hope to get nothing out of this, everything that we get out of this, we plan on putting back into it, you know? And so, oh, yeah. um, you know, really, really, like I said, I hope drivers will participate and, um, you know, each driver out of this, they're going to get a shot at, uh, $3,500 in, in points payout across four divisions, 1200 for crates and, you know, pretty, pretty good size payout when you think about it, because I want you to think about this. Like I had a conversation with a driver on the post when we first brought this out, said, I think the payout's a little bit low, but think about this for just a minute. I mean, you have a shot at over 3,500 in points payout and the points are coming from the, the, the events you're already running. So you, you, you don't have to risk anything for this. 
and yet you've got a shot at at $3,500 in, in a points payout. So a little bit of money on the line there for positions one through five at each class. Um, but, you know, and, and part of that is, Wes, you know, like, I mean, let's just be honest. I talked about this last week. We'll talk about it again. I mean, that's a pretty good payout considering the fact that, you know, we, we announced just a couple of weeks ago that um, we're, we got some advertisement on our podcast finally on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So when you listen on there, we get paid for it. But, uh, Wes, uh, we've only made a dollar seventeen to this point. So thirty five hundred sounds sounds pretty good, man. What do you think? We couldn't even split a cup of coffee this past weekend at Ponder. No, no, we we sure couldn't. And uh, <laughs> but that's that's what it's all about. We we're not in it for the money. Uh, yeah. We we are in this because we love it, and we are diehard. Uh, dirt racing fans and uh, we love what we've got here uh, in the bluegrass state and we just want to keep uh, keep promoting and making it uh, the best that it can be and and with this with us doing this this region championship you know let's get through this first year and and see see where it goes you know into the future i mean we want to build it and and it to be bigger and better each and every year that's that's the goal to do this and and like i said just going back and promoting these drivers the tracks that they're racing at and their sponsors so i mean i I, i'm excited about it i think it's a win-win for everybody yeah, absolutely. No, I'm 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 excited about it uh, as well. Uh, Jamie asks, so what classes will be running the regional championship? So it'll be pro late models, open wheel modifieds, uh, super stocks, and front wheel drives. And I've got to add as well, Wes. Like you know, wish that we could have done every class, and certainly hope in the future to be able to do that but to keep our payouts up enough to where it would make sense we kind of had to limit ourselves to some point but if we had enough drivers interested and we could find a sponsor we'd we'd add classes other classes to that as well Uh, we are fortunate to be able to we we do have sponsors who have agreed to come on board with us and help us make the payout for so far, uh, open wheel modified super stocks and the and the uh, front wheel drives. We're going to be announcing those very soon. Uh, but we still need a we still need a sponsor for the pro late model division. So if you're watching, you think that's something you might be interested in, please get in contact with us. We have other sponsorship opportunities as well. Because that's what we plan on doing with this is we're going to take every like all of this is going back in. So all the money we make, we're no we're not planning on keeping any of it. We just want to make this bigger and better so it's going toward our payout and then also uh at the end of the year we're going to have an awards banquet recognizing top 10 points finishers we're going to have trophies plaques banners i mean we we want to go all out with it and so all everything's going to go toward that um each driver is going to get a driver profile on our website so we're, we're having a website built and each driver that signs up becomes a member of the region championships is going to have uh, under their class, a separate profile for themselves. They'll have their picture of them, their car, uh, driver info, sponsors, etc. All that good stuff is going to be on our website. So it's sort of like we're wanting to make it a way, uh, make a way to uh, to 
to just help get our drivers out there to our fans. Um, and then weekly storylines on our website and podcast. Like, like I said before, I mean, the goal with this is to really just make a big deal about our local drivers each and every week, not just the ones who are winning, but all of them and, and, and let our fans really get to know our, uh, our drivers. Yeah. And as you and I've mentioned, uh, by doing this, this show, uh, you know, the, the friendships and, and acquaintances that we made with our fans and our drivers and, and promoters and um, series staff. I mean, that's that's cool in itself. And, and you know, we're just as excited about this as, as everybody else is and, uh, and getting the opportunity to do this uh, week in and week out. So <laughs> we we just we have fun doing it. Yeah, we 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 really we really do, and uh, I'm trying to look here to see who it was um, uh, that that said it. But anyway, someone on our group said make some t-shirts and uh, dare some bluegrass t-shirts and sell them to help fund it. I definitely buy a couple. That's that, that's something Wes we we've, we've already talked about. We want to do that uh, before we we had t-shirts you know 10 years ago when dirt racing and the bluegrass first started we had t-shirts everywhere um you know sometimes you still people you see people wearing them every now and then but uh, victor and sarah lee at extreme style signs and graphics uh, helped us with those i definitely want to get in touch with them and and get get some more of those made um it's it's fun to fun to sell those another way we can maybe make a little money to, to to make this even bigger it's uh it's a good idea and something we 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 certainly plan on doing. Uh, Anthony Anthony Wiseman even says Winburn Winburn Collectives would sell them for it. Look at that, Wes. Hey, that'll work. I, I know, I, man. I think <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it would be a good thing, and uh, and it's definitely like I said, it's something we uh, we absolutely want to do. So thank you for that suggestion. And when we get those out, at this point, it'll probably be next year. But um, you know, again, like I said, another way to 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 add a little bit to this. Yeah. And, uh, and and it'll be fun as well. All right, West. One one more item of business. We've got a big weekend coming up for us. Uh, things are kind of sort of starting to slow down. Temperatures are changing. Uh, it's almost deer season. That's sort of what I look forward to. And then I wish winter and fall was over. Uh, but we've still got racing left uh, left this weekend coming up. First of all, we'll talk about what we've got at. Uh, Lake Cumberland as well, but at Thunder Mountain, we've got a big, big event coming up there. Yeah, we've got uh, open wheel modifieds, 2,000 to win, sportsman Lake models, 1,000 to win, hobby stock, 700 to win, and front wheel drives, uh, 700 to win as well. That's uh, Friday night, October 7th, Thunder Mountain Speedway there in uh, Corbin, Kentucky. Uh, gates open at 2, drivers meeting at 645, and racing set to follow so uh as you said another another big weekend uh i mean that'd be cool uh, if you can hit one of those shows but if you could hit hit two we've got you know thunder mountain running on friday and then uh josh you're gonna tell us about lake cumberland speedway running with their show on saturday yeah we are west but i gotta tell you man like i'm looking forward to this this show on friday night coming up at, at thunder mountain uh both of them but this one i want to see a couple of things one there are certain tracks ac across the country where open wheel modifieds are the headliner 
And that's kind of what's going on at Thunder Mountain this weekend. So they're paying two thousand to win. I want to see how how how's the fan count at Thunder Mountain with that being the case. I hope it goes well. I think it will. I think it'd be a good thing. I think it'd be a great thing. Also, Sportsman Late Models. That's a class that's very popular a little further south. That when you cross the Tennessee state line, mm-hmm. Tazewell, Bulls Gap, all those places, it's a good affordable class for people looking to get into racing there's late models out there galore older ones save a lot of money on shocks some other things on those cars so it's a good sort of late model entry level division and uh, i hope they have a good turnout there and and everything goes well on friday night i think overall if it does and i think it will it'll be a good thing for our sport yeah i think uh, uh, i think they'll get a good amount of of Open wheel modifieds on on Friday night. Uh, we've got we've got a great field of modifieds, you know, throughout the state. And uh, two thousand to win that's a that's a good little good little purse right there. And uh, we just wish them good luck this weekend. Yep, it is. So, yep, looking looking forward to it. Hope they pack the hillside at at Thunder Mountain on Friday night. And then coming up on Saturday night at Lake Cumberland Speedway is the Lake Cumberland Classic. That's this weekend, Saturday night, October 8th. Ironman Late Model Series, Southern Series, I should say, 7500 to win. Plus, front-wheel drives are paying 1500 to win. So they ought to be about 80 of them alone. Ever uh, is, is what I'm shooting for. And a uh, big, big event for them, though, in the sport division. So... If you drive a front wheel drive, go out, support that race and uh and uh and help you know make that a make that a good show for that division. And then uh, all other local divisions as well, Wes, I noticed not only for the front wheel drives and late models, but for every class, Saturday night is a big paying show. And so um go out and support Lake Cumberland Speedway this weekend. It'll be a fun show. Like I said, temperatures are changing, it's getting colder. We don't know how much of this we've got left, man. I know it. I know it. But it, it was a little chilly uh, this past weekend at, at Ponderosa for the Fall Classic. But it's still fun to fun to be out there, even if it is a little little cooler temperatures, and uh, watch those cars race. I'm with you, man. Well, let's do one more thing before we end the show tonight on the steak dinner challenge between Josh and West. Wes leads three to two because he's got a connection to the aliens with Scott Bloomquist. <laughs> Let's pick the winners of the Lake Cumberland Classic on Saturday night. Valvoline Ironman Late Model Series. Since you're up three two, sorry, uh, I'm going to go first. You go first. You go <laughs> first. Right. So I'm going to pick a driver who seemed to sort of find some speed here lately. Won a big event a couple of weeks ago at Atomic Speedway. He showed some speed again at, at Ponderosa. Had some bad luck there a little bit. One night, I'm going to go with the man on the poster, the wild child, Michael Chilton, takes home 7,500 this weekend, Lake Cumberland Speedway. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Chilton, uh, Chilton absolutely races well there at Lake Cumberland Speedway. And, uh, I gotta say that's that's a good one. Well, uh, for my pick, I just have a feeling. Um, 
I have a feeling that Mikey Marler is going to stay close to home. I'm going to pick Marler to win Saturday night, 7,500, take it back to Winfield. Well, yeah, well, that's, you know, Wes, uh, that's that's not a bad pick either. In fact, I think if Mike Marler wins, you should only get like a half a point or something like that. So I'll take my half a point. I'll be up <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> yeah, you would. There ain't much less, so you probably win. I got a feeling I'm going to owe you a steak at the end of the year. Uh, but that, that'd be all right, too. All right, one more thing, Wes. I, I, I almost forgot about this. I'm not going to leave this podcast without doing it because the last time we did Stump the West, I promised you that you, I was going to Stump the West. You were not going to win next time. You remember that? I remember. Okay, so we're going to do Stump the West again. I thought it was fun last time. We did car numbers. We're going to be quick about this. Car numbers, Wes, you ain't even got anybody on here to save you this weekend. I know it. Are you ready for it? It's all on me. All right, so car numbers, Greg Hensley. Greg Hensley, 37. If we want to be technical about it, it's actually 37H, but you know what? I'll give it to you. I'm going to give it to you because, you you know, I mean, can't can't be too hard on you. That's a minion car. That's right. It is the Minion car. He was actually the uh, Dirt Racing and Bluegrass Driver of the Month one night, uh, one month. Not, not. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago as well. Uh-huh. So, yeah. All right. So Robbie Hensley. Robbie Hensley drives the twenty-one car. Yeah, and that's really an easy one. I'm not even really sure why the fans are cheering at this point, but there you go. I mean, I guess they're they're on your side when it comes down to it. So, all right, Dustin Duncan. Dustin Duncan also drives the 21 car. Man, you know, it's really, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, how, how do you possibly know this stuff? And I promise you for those listening, I, he has no clue. You know, it's like, it almost seems like this has to be rigged in some way, but it's, it's really not. I promise. I I literally came up with these right before the show started. I know this stuff because I eat, sleep and breathe it. I love (laughs) Dirt racing, you do, man. You're you're not kidding. All right, Jimmy Crabtree. Jimmy Crabtree drives a '54 in the modified. Wait a minute, that's Jimmy Robinson. Sorry, oh, that's Jimmy yeah, Robinson. That's Jimmy right, Crabtree yeah. drives the C8. That's right. You got it, but too bad. Yeah, so you, bad. you missed that one. All right, Wait. if you don't get this one right, guess what? You've stumped the West. That's right. So, uh, but man, that was close. That's I hate close. that for you. Yeah, I, I spoke too too soon. <laughs> Brandon Gibson Jr. He was on our show last week, Wes. You got to get this one right. Brandon Gibson Jr. drives a one thirty two. He drives. And he he's he dressed, you know, it's like give this guy a cookie. I mean, what else can you do? I, I couldn't stump the West. I promise you, people, I'm telling you, I tried. He had no clue what I was he he had no idea. The almost to, make I, have it, to I have to apologize to Jimmy Crabtree. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I yeah. I, I got I spoke too soon. I didn't well I didn't, my my brain didn't process it and I I spoke and I got the wrong answer, but I did. I, I redeemed myself. But well, Jimmy, Jimmy will forgive you. He's he's a nice guy. However, I don't. I'm not sure if I will. If I can't stump the West, and I'll probably end up having to buy you a steak dinner at the end of the year. But uh, but it's all good. 
Wes, hey, before uh, before we leave, we need to we need to do to touch on King of Compacts and uh, King of Sport Mods at, at Florence this past weekend. Um, heck of a show! Tons and tons of cars on the grounds from I don't know exactly the number of, of states that was represented, but uh, man, that that's just crazy to see those two classes run for ten thousand to win. Um, and then, uh, I think on Friday night they ran, uh, twin thousand to win. Um, that's just, that's just cool to see how that event has grown, uh, over the last couple of years and it keeps growing. Um, you got anything on that, Josh? Yeah, it really does. I agree with you, man. I mean, in talk about supporting local racing and what we normally call, um support classes you know ten thousand win for sport mods and for compacts there shout out to florence speedway and jody shannon everybody that's put the crowning of the kings weekend part of that putting that on and uh, thank them for for doing that and i uh, hope hope they continue to have success with that for for years to come I, I believe they will but yeah i mean that's what i've got is just man i gotta say you know thank you to everybody there who who's a part of that who put that on and and uh, it was it's fun to watch. It's good to see. And uh, yeah, like I said, I just I hope it continues. Yeah, I, I do as well. And and it was cool that uh, I know we talked about it on our last show, but that that flow racing um, picked that event up. And so if you couldn't make it um, to the track that that it was televised, so hats off to Florence Speedway and and the Kings. Hey, look, Jimmy Crabtree's listening. He said it's okay, Wes. Yeah, I know. I I I had to apologize. I, I just. But before that, he said, "Wow, LOL." Yeah. Like, how could yeah. you know? Yeah. So, well, it's a good thing you redeemed yourself. It's a good thing uh, Jimmy Crabtree's a forgiving man, and uh, you'll be able to sleep tonight, Wes. Uh, I, I know that would have ate you up if you hadn't redeemed yourself. But yeah, it has I would been have. fun. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know you would. Have. <laughs> it's been a fun show, man. Uh, thank you for everyone watching with us. I do want to let you know if you, uh, if you can, hop on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, listen to the podcast. I'll have it up uh, tomorrow. Uh, each listen, uh, we we get advertising dollars for that. Share this with your friends. Let them know about it. Again, thank you for listening, commenting, joining along with us this, this evening. It's been a lot of fun. So get out and support your local dirt track. We will see you at the races.